The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Welcome to the uh, latest episode of the Fitness Reborn podcast. I'm Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training. And my guest this morning is Richard Connor. He's based in Connecticut and he is a runner, a marketer by profession, a podcast host. He runs his own podcast. And, you know, as he just told me, husband, father, Star Wars fan. So <laughs> I know that'll resonate with at least a few of you out there. But uh, Richard, thanks for coming on this morning. Yeah, thank you so much, Sean. It's my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, marketing and running, they don't seem to really have very much to do with each other, but you seem like you have kind of, uh, you've gelled those two into making uh, something work for you. So uh, let's talk about what, what's your background as a, as a marketer, because that's, that's a big part of who you are. It is. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it actually starts, um, gosh, I, I don't even know if I want to admit it. Almost 20 years ago, yeah. I was on a technical track and I wanted to always be an engineer. I went to school for engineering. I have an engineering degrees, but kind of along that road, I had the opportunity to move to marketing and I really loved it. And, you know, I had a lot of work done in bringing new products to market as well as expanding our business globally over across a couple of companies that I work for when I've worked in marketing. So, you know, really long and I would say fruitful career in marketing, but it kind of just happened. It kind of just, you know, through my network and through opportunities that came up uh, is something I kind of fell into. So engineering and marketing, again, two things that don't really seem like they really gel very well. You think of an engineer, you think of somebody who's just very, has a deep aptitude for like building and fixing things. And then marketing is very much human based. You know, it's about making connections, it's about knowing, having emotional intelligence and things like that. Um, something that I feel like a lot of people who are technical based don't really have a whole lot of aptitude in, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's kind of the that's kind of the uh, impression that I've gotten from what I've I've observed. So, how did you like <laughs> migrate from like being very technically based to being very human based? Yeah, so I would say two things. Number one is, um, you know, one of the definitions of marketing that I really love is creating, communicating, and delivering value to customers. And throughout my career, I've probably done more on the creation part and the delivering part, not as much in the communicating part, which is probably what everybody knows or thinks about for marketing, like advertisements, whether it's billboards or TV ads or di now digital, um, that's where most people see, but there's a lot more to marketing kind of around the creation of value and delivering. So that's where I spent most of my career. But um, the other side of it is, it, I kind of fell into this because of my technical background. It helped me with the first product lines that I was working on because they were very technical in nature. Mm -hmm. So, because I understood on how they exactly they worked, it helped me communicate better with customers about the value that our products would bring to them and how it could help them. So that's kind of was my entry, but it was business to business, very technical products versus again, what most people see is more, you know, B2C consumer based products, which I haven't, you know, that hasn't been my career. So there's probably a big distinction between, you know, the different industries and different fields, but that's a little bit about how I, you know, kind of fell into it. 
So uh, where did uh, where did running come into that? How did that um, fall into your life there? Yeah, so running's always been there. So I started running in high school. I started running cross uh, country and track. And, you know, I wasn't really into sports. I wasn't very athletic. There was a lot of sports that I felt like I couldn't do. But I fell into cross country, which I really loved. And I did a little bit of track and not so much. And it's always been there. Like even after high school, I didn't run formally. Like I didn't run in college and I didn't run races a lot, but I ran as part of my workouts. And then, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it. Just a few years ago, I got back into running and it's really kind of changed my life. You know, it's really kind of, you know, from a physical standpoint, but also mentally. So I would say that even though I'm a marketer and I'm all the other things that you'd mentioned, running has been that one consistent thing you know, kind of throughout my, you know, I would say almost my entire adult life. What is it about running in particular as a sport that you really kind of get into? So, you know, so I, you know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody, they think about running as kind of an individual team sport. I think for running, like mm -hmm. I could just get out there and go. And even though my team is depending on me, it's really me versus me. And even now, when you're running races, sure, you could compete, you could get on the podium, but it's about being better than you were before and improving. So I felt like that took the pressure off me from a competition standpoint. But also, there's a lot of things I didn't feel like I could do very well. Like, I didn't have, like, very good eye-hand coordination. So is basketball, you know, really the right sport or some other sports? So, you know, I would say a couple of things. One is maybe that competition piece wasn't as fierce for me there, and I felt okay about that. But also, you know, physically, I was in pretty good shape to to be an okay runner. And, you know, that made me feel good to be part of a team and contribute to something. Yeah, I kind of, because uh, I did do track and field myself when I was in high school, and I kind of uh, identify with that. There is a, you know, obviously you're part of a larger team, but when you're out there, it's just you, really you. It's you in your own headspace. And, you know, unless you're in a relay team, you don't have to worry about really having to connect with anyone else there too. So I do appreciate that kind of that ability to just kind of like uh, separate yourself from um, everybody else and just kind of uh, be on your own. Is that about, was that about the same for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course I love being on the team, but of course, like I, I'm in control of my destiny, right? At that point in time, right? I'm not waiting for someone to pass me the ball or whatever the case is. So, um, so yeah, and, and I really enjoyed it. Again, physically, I felt like it was something that I could do um, that came a little bit more naturally to me than, you know, maybe some of the other sports. But you're also involved in like uh, Spartan races and things like that too, right? You've done obstacle courses. That's a little bit different than just like, straight running doing like a, a marathon run or something like that it's a bit more demanding on the body not that i'm saying that running 26 miles isn't demanding on the body uh i've i've only ever done half marathons i've never done the full thing i've never uh, been able to muster enough courage or moxie to do a full 26 miles um but it's just it it hits differently you know it's not just you know you know how it is. You, you're running a long distance and you find a pace and you keep that pace and you keep going there with the obstacles. It's find the pace, stop, get through the obstacles, stop, you know. Um, but you you uh, you like those as well, too, right? I do. And then I would say at that point, that's kind of when my running journey took on a new meaning for me. So I don't know, back in 2017 or 2018, 
I decided to run my first Spartan obstacle course race. And for me, it wasn't really about running. For me, it was about doing things that I'd never done before. So as I mentioned, kind of growing mm -hmm. up, I always went through this, you know, kind of mindset of I can't, I can't, I can't, right? And I just stuck to the things that I felt comfortable with or thought that I could do. But when it came to the Spartan races, it scared me and excited me at the same time. Like, hey, I can't do those things today, but I really want to kind of change my mindset and start to do these things. So it was less about the running. I needed to run to support that, but I also needed to learn how to climb a rope and I needed to know how to do monkey bars and I needed to, you know, be uncomfortable being out there in mud and barbed wire and, and all that stuff that comes with Spartan races so or obstacle course races in general. Um, so for me, it just kind of took on a new meaning for me to to do that. And then that kind of led to a lot of other things, which is funny you mentioned about half marathons and marathons because I'm kind of also on that journey. But that really all started with Spartan races and that desire to do more than, you know, what I thought I could do. Oh, so things started with Spartan races. The, uh, the in your in your current modern current adult life, it started with Spartan races. It wasn't. It did because I okay. didn't run for a bunch of years, and ah, I only I ran see. as part of my workouts. Uh, I really didn't run races. I mean, I ran a few races. Actually, I ran back in my old high school. I think back in 2016 was the first time I went back to my old high school after a really long time. So that was cool. That was very nostalgic. Um, it was cool to be back there and see a lot of my former teachers. But I didn't train for it. I was like, oh, my mm -hmm. race is in a week. I better hop on a treadmill and do some miles, you know? So it wasn't, I wasn't really kind of into it. Um, and I did that for like a couple of years, maybe two or three years. And it, again, it really wasn't until Spartan came along that I'm like, you know what? I, I want to do more than what I'm doing today. And I want to do different things that I never thought I could do. So, so yeah. So I would say that Spartan really kind of kickstarted this new journey that I've been on versus, you know, what I was doing before, which started, you know, in high school. Yeah, I think the uh I think overall, I mean the Spartan the Spartan races, they get a lot of hype because of the high level of um intensity that's involved with it. And you know, Joe DeSena himself, he's a pretty intense person. He kind of <laughs> is become kind of like the living embodiment of Spartan, everything that is Spartan. Um and you hear a lot about the people who just who just like crush it, who are coming in first and you know, and just like the absolute uh, savages on the course. But I think that really overshadows to some degree, the people, the ordinary people that are out there, that are just out there for their own reasons. You know, they're not out there to beat anybody. They're just out there because like, they're like you, they found, they want to do something that's a bit more out of the ordinary than, than what they have in their life. And so they found Spartan and, Spartan presented a bizarre opportunity that, that most people don't really even get into or consider. Would you agree with that? What? 100%. I mean, and honestly, as I'm telling my story, people are like, oh my gosh, like that's really what you do. And I show them my pictures. Yeah. But, but on the flip side of it, you know, it was really interesting to hear, hey, that's really great that you're doing this. Or, and then they would say, or some would say, I can't do this, or I could never do something like that. And, you know, that kind of set me on a separate journey, you know, with the podcast and everything. But, but you're absolutely right. Like, this isn't everyday stuff that you would think about doing. But if you're, but what I realized is if you're at a point in your life where you're looking to make a change, right, you don't know what that is, but you're just stuck. 
Like this is a great Kickstarter to get you kind of on that journey. And maybe it's something that's happened in your life. Maybe it's personal, you know, family related, health related, um, job related, whatever the case is. And you need to kind of take this different path. I feel like Spartan and obstacle course races help you put you in the right mindset to tackle all those other things that you're, that you need to tackle in your life. Yeah. I really wish they would kind of not just Spartan, but the, Obstacle courses in general, I wish they would kind of highlight, which I think is that portion of their um, their running comp, their running uh, population, which I think is probably about ninety five percent of everyone who signs up for these things. You know, they they want to highlight all the um, all the superstars, of course. You know, because that's everyone loves heroes. But I wish they would kind of do more to highlight people who are just out there, just to be out there. And, you know, and just do something that is way outside the the norm for them. I feel like they kind of do themselves a disservice by not really spotlighting that very much. Yeah, I mean, they showcase the elites, and then you know you have the folks that are on podium from H Group, which are all really great people, right? They're really great athletes, right. and they're training hard for this, so they obviously should be recognized. But you're absolutely right. I mean, Joe's mission or vision is to get, I think it was what, 1 million people off the couch? Well, it's not 1 million elite I, I, runners, right? It's folks that are not doing I it today. Like, yeah. I thought it was like 100 million. I thought that was his girl. Oh, was it? Oh, it, could be, it could be 100 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's some I, I big thought, number. I, thought, I mean, yeah, I thought, I thought it was like, I mean, a million, considering how big Spartan is and how yeah, it's present in so many countries, I think a million would be an easy uh, marker for him to pass. I figure, I feel like it's a hundred million, honestly. <laughs> it could be. And they've done so much to expand it. So, mm-hmm. you know, if the mud and the barbed wire is not, I mean, not to make this as, you know, a Spartan commercial, but if the mud and the barbed wire is not for you, they have stadium races, which you have no mud and barbed wire. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, decor races, which is more hybrid. So he, they really, done a lot to be more inclusive and help you know kind of expand that you know the number of people that can come in and do this yeah i've talked to people i mean i'm kind of in the same boat with you you know i i do these things not very much but i do do them i do stuff like that and most people yeah you're right their first reaction is no 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 hard pass um i've read because they have a uh, Spartan has a um, a rule that if you don't get through an obstacle, you have to give them burpees before you're allowed to go through, and that alone turns people off. <laughs> you know, never mind the miles of running; it's just the the absolute uh, requirement for burpees. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm just I don't know. As as we're sitting here talking about, it, I realize you know when you see these advertisements for any obstacle course, not just Spartan, they talk they highlight all the uh, all the superstars who deserve their recognition. Um, but I think like especially with someone like you with their background in marketing, I think that's kind of like short sighted. Yeah, I mean, if they want to again, and I you know I've done a lot of research in this area, and I'm still kind of learning, but. Mm-hmm. If someone is not an elite runner today, and let's say they're just getting off the couch to do their first, you know, couch to 5K, being an elite runner, I mean, doing the first K probably feels so far away. Can you imagine how they feel about, you know, seeing the elite runners? So, so yeah, I can, I can understand that. And that's, yeah, that's something that, you know, I've been giving a lot of thought about, like, how do you get somebody to identify with someone else to say, yes. I could be that person at some point in the future. It's not going to be today. It's not going to be tomorrow, but with consistent work 
I'm going to get there and I'm going to be able to reach my goals. And that's, you know, that's a lot about what I've been kind of working on and thinking about over the last couple of years. So inspire to run, which is a website that is that, is that your website, your company, your thing right there, inspire to run? It is, it is. So, so quick, so quick story. Um, It started in the pandemic. I wanted to basically do more in digital and more, marketing work that I hadn't really done a lot of in the past. So as I mentioned, I did that business to business work, more so on the creating and delivering value, not so much on the communicating part. So during the pandemic, I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to start to learn more, more, more about digital, more about communicating and more about creating community. So that's really where it started. And I was like, well, I want to do something in marketing, but I'm like, you know what? I do this every day. I've done it for so many years. Why don't I pick something that's outside of marketing that I'm really passionate about or I think I can help others? And that's how it started with running. But it started as Inspire Virtual Runs because it was born out of the pandemic, really capitalizing on the fact that we couldn't run, you know, we couldn't see each other. We couldn't run races in person. Everything moved to, you know, virtual and Zoom and virtual races. So that's how it all started. And it really started with the website and and initially as a blog. But then a good friend of mine said, hey, Richard, why don't you start a podcast? And I'm like, what's that? Like, I probably knew what SoundCloud was back in the day, but I really didn't know and understand what a podcast really was. And it's been a great opportunity for me not only to share my story, but, you know, share the stories of others, you know, through their journey. So just, you know, as you're having me on your show, which I'm truly grateful for, you know, I, I like to extend that to, to other people. And, and like we were talking about, like if Spartans only showing or obstacle course races or races in general showing the elites, this is an opportunity to showcase also everyday runners, right? And their journey of how they're getting from not moving at all to, you know, doing 5Ks, half marathons, marathons, and, you know, all the way up to ultras. So as, as I've been doing my own podcast here, and the more people I've spoken to, and I've done, well, I've recorded over 70 interviews at this point, um, I do find some consistencies, you know, some trends, you know, maybe that has to do with just the pool of people I tend to speak to. But I do find consistencies and like threads between a lot of the people I speak to, um, or at least a lot of overlapping. So what are what are some of the things on your own podcast and your own Inspire to Run uh, program that you've that you found that people have told you or some things that people have experienced? Yeah. So so one of the things that I've seen, um, and congratulations by the way, over seventy interviews. That's I know it's a it's a grind personally. So, you know, congrats to, it's, to doing it's that. Huge. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and it, they Appreciate say, you know, most podcasts or podcasters don't get past, I don't know, like 10 or 13 or, you know, so to, so to have that 70 interviews, that's incredible. So congrats. Right. So, um, yeah. So one of the things that I've learned through many of my conversations, I won't say one size fits all and I won't say this applies to everybody. But it's really interesting that a number of the guests that I've had on the show, when I'm talking about runners, if they weren't runners before, like if they weren't runners in high school, like I was, it's typically been some, something that's happened in their life, right? Maybe it wasn't one specific moment in time, but it was something that happened in their life where they're like, I need to make a change. And running was there for them to help them through that change, right? So like I said, if it's family related, job related, health related, um, running is there to help them. Like if the doctor says, Hey, you know, your cholesterol is high or whatever the case is, and you you need to get moving. 
Um, they've turned to running. And it's been incredible to hear that because these are folks, many of them are folks who didn't run before or didn't think they could run before or didn't think they had a runner's body or wh whatever the case was. And then they started and then they made an amazing transformation. So, so number one, it's, it's always started with something, right? Something internal. Sometimes it's external. Sometimes it's, hey, my friend invited me to run this half marathon because we're raising money for something or they invited me to the gym. And that was the spark. So that that was the first thing that I've that I've learned. Um, the second thing is everybody's journey is different, whether it's couch to 5K, whether it's personal trainer, whether it's an app or a piece of paper, whatever the case is, everybody's journey is different and everybody's kind of learning as they go along. Um, and it's not really all that consistent in terms of how they do it, um, but they do it. Eventually they, they get there, but sometimes things happen along the way. They don't, they may have injuries. They may not have the right running shoes or, you know, so there's certain things in that movement piece um, that I've, that I've learned. Um, and then the last part is around staying consistent. So you know that you're going to get the results that you want long-term if you stay consistent, like doing 30 sit-ups is not going to give you you know, six pack, right? It's got, to, it's something you have to do over a period of time. And not everybody does that. Like, you know, some people will start and that's great, but then they have to keep moving. So the folks that I have on my show, you know, their story is they kept moving and they got to where they want to be, but not everybody is there. So, you know, I've been thinking a lot about like, how do you keep folks once they start, how do you keep them motivated to, to eventually reach their goals? So that's kind of the three pillars that I talk about is like that mindset how they get started and believing that you can movement. How do you do it? Injury, you know, hopefully injury free um, and enjoying your time along the way. And then how do you keep going to eventually reach your goals? And that's kind of the themes that I pulled out from my conversations. So I kind of have a, I have kind of a love hate relationship with running itself. I mean, I do it because <laughs> kind of like a, which I think a lot of people, even if they do it consistently or do it a lot, they probably can identify with, um, you know, I mean, obviously, if you do obstacle course running, there's going to obstacle courses, there's going to be running or at least brisk walking involved. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not even though I did track and field, I'm not a huge lover of running. I'll, I'll just say that uh, right now. I just kind of see it as a necessity. You have to be able to run and it's great for your, you know, your aerobic capacity to be able to run, you know, to be able to move quickly. I understand that, but I got kind of a. I don't really don't really dig it very much as other things too. Are you about the same or are you just absolutely head over heels for running and always have been? <laughs> yeah, for me it's running. And that's, you know, my show is centered around running, but I would say that the pillars you could swap out, you know, a lot of things for the movement part, right? So if you swim as an example, that's great, right? That's your form of movement. Mm -hmm. If you're a cyclist, that's great too. Um, but I talk about running cause that's, that's what I know and love. I mean, I don't mm. always love running, but right. it's something I would definitely prefer over other things. And I've heard a lot of folks say, you know what, just the running day in and day out wasn't working for me. So I became a triathlete. I started to mix in swimming and cycling yeah. or I became an ultra runner. So I'm not really focused on like really running fast, but it gives me the opportunity to be out there for hours and explore nature and just do different things. And running enables me to do that. So I think of like that running that core 5k, 10k, you know, half marathon, marathon, if that's not for you, there's so many other things that you could do. Um, like you said, to get that form of exercise, but also kind of make it more interesting for you. So in inspire to run. So we have, 
obviously you speak mostly about running here. Now running, I think, especially cardio in general, I think has gotten a pretty awful rap recently. Social, whether it's justified or not, social media has not been very, the fitness gurus on social media have not been very kind to running unless you look for somebody who is like specifically a guru on running. Um, you hear not a lot of things about cardio that, you know, too much cardio is not good for you. It costs you your muscle mass and, um, or it, you know, it kills your knees and stuff like that. So I feel like cardio is probably very much not in vogue a lot of times, at least not in the big all knowing world of social media, fitness experts. <laughs> um, I, I mean, again, I'm not a huge uh, fan of cardio, but I do see its utility, and I can attest to the fact that it can be fun. Once you, especially if you're doing a run, once you've hit that stride, you know, it's it can be a lot of fun, and the endorphins kick in, of course, and that feels really good. And let's be honest here, it's really cool to run 26 miles and say, hey, I ran 26 miles. That's an accomplishment, an accomplishment that not many really even do. So, and I know we're kind of getting semi- political here because we're talking about the politics of running so to speak mm -hmm. um but what are your thoughts on that yeah so i would say a couple of things one is i don't recommend to anyone to just run like if that's mm -hmm. all you're doing that's not that wouldn't be my recommendation i think you need to have a holistic training program right which includes strength training which includes mobility you know there's there's other things that you need to do so I would say the first things first is why I like to start with running is a couple of things. One is you're building a habit, a habit that you probably didn't have before, which is regularly exercising and working on your, your overall health. So running can do that, right? With a couch to 5k program, you're building your ha habit over the course of whatever it is, 10, 9, 10, 12 weeks um, that you didn't have before. So I think there's a lot of value in that. But the sense of accomplishment that you mentioned, like you get that, like when you do your first mile or your first three miles, like you feel like you really did something, right? You really accomplished something you never did before. And that's going to give you motivation for the future. But once you get beyond that, you really need to think about like, how do you start to incorporate all of these other, you know, elements like strength training um, and, and other, maybe other forms of cardio um, so you're not always out there just kind of pounding the pavement. So the way I see it is you have to have a holistic plan. So I always talk about running, but I do mention that strength training is important and kind of the other aspects around your health and fitness. Yeah, I think that's important to highlight too, because um, if you, I think it is kind of true that if all you do is running, then you're kind of like depriving yourself of other benefits as well that you, you know, you won't get the strengthening aspects from just doing cardiovascular work you just you just don't you know it's just it's great for your cardiovascular system like we already mentioned um it will i think it will also i know it will also aid in your strengthening if you do strength training doing being able to do cardiovascular work um will will help with that because it will help create red blood cells which will help create muscle um also create you know more free flowing arteries and capillaries and stuff like that more efficiently a more efficient heart so for that reason i never fully abandoned the idea of doing cardio <laughs> even though i know a lot of people who have and it's like oh i hate doing cardio i refuse to do cardio and it's like you really are shooting yourself in the foot by not doing cardio at yeah. all <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure and 
you know, it's, it's really interesting because I haven't done as much strength training um, recently um, as I've done maybe in the past. And it's just been really hard for me to fit it in. And I've had some races where there are good races and I've had other races where I didn't, you know, hit my target. And a lot of it has to do with, again, having kind of that holistic, you know, training plan. But on the other side of it, which, you know, thankfully, you know, I haven't run into this too, too much. But for others, you're, you're talking about, you know, injuries, right? You're talking about like runner's knee or, you know, other types of injuries. Strength training is one of those things that's going to help you kind of prevent those things from happening, right? So it's, you need both. I mean, the point is that you really need both. You need to find a way to build a habit um, and build it into your schedule to do kind of the strength side as well as the cardio side. Yeah, it's kind of funny too. Like, I mean, I've heard people talk about, you know, the running part in terms of like the injuries, you know, shin splints and bad knees and that kind of stuff here too. And that's, they give that as a reason as to why they don't do it, but then they'll pound weights <laughs> all week long, which has, you know, of course, huge potentials for injury. Anything has potential for injury. You do anything, you know, being in the shower, you could slip. That is a potential for injury. I don't see that as a justifiable reason to not do something. Agree. Agree. And, you know, I share a lot about what are the things, you know, with, with guests I bring on, like, what are the things that you could do to prevent it? So some mm -hmm. of it is strength training. Some of it is what are you doing for your recovery and, and uh, mobility exercises as well. So there's different things that you could do, but, you know, once it happens, then, you know, you're kind of on a different journey at that point to kind of resolve it, but how do you prevent it from happening again or from other injuries from, from happening? So uh, speaking as somebody who has run a lot, you obviously have probably sustained your share of injuries. So how would you really best recuperate from say like a sprained or rolled ankle or something like that? Yeah. You know, I don't want to admit this publicly, but I've been pretty fortunate um, running wise. I haven't had a lot of things happen. I've had some problems with my feet. So I use like a lacrosse ball to kind of massage mm -hmm. my feet. I do that. You know, I've gotten into foam rolling, believe it or not, after years of running, I just started within the last couple of years, foam rolling, which has really helped me. Um, but all in all, it's been pretty okay. Like I had in one of my knees bothering me a little bit. Um, so I have some new, new tech that I'm going to try out to see if it helps me there, but not, not to the point where it stops me from running or keeps me up at night. So nothing like too, too serious. But what I will say is from, like you said, from, it can happen anywhere or from anything from lifting weights years and years ago, I actually hurt my shoulder and I was lifting the weight was too heavy and I'm sure my form wasn't great. Like I did all the wrong things. And then it wasn't until I ran my first Spartan race. I'm like, I have to get this fixed. So I had an x-ray. There was no structural damage, which was good. I went to a PT. They got me going, like got me going ready for my first Spartan race. And my shoulder was, I won't say like brand new, but far better than what it was. But that wasn't even from running. That was from lifting. And I had to kind of go through that process. So, yeah. So my injuries, honestly, has been more so from lifting and actually not as much from running at this point. So, well, I've gotten a lot of exercise and running because, again, we've talked about how isolating it can be to run um, in a good way. Um, I've gotten not only the physical benefits, but I've gotten the mental health benefits from it. And you mentioned something earlier that uh, stood out in my mind is that you said something when you were about to start your first Spartan race that you had these thoughts going through your mind. I can't do this. I'm not for this. I, you know, I tend to avoid things that I know that I'm not good at, um, which I think is pretty common for most of us. Uh, I know it has been for me 
in the past, especially when I was a kid. Um, my own children kind of struggle with that same idea. It's like if they know that they can't knock it out of the park from the from the word go, then they tend to avoid it. Um, I think that that's a general fear of failure that I think all of us, or at least a lot of us, really have. So I was wondering if you could kind of maybe expound on that a little bit there. It's like, where where'd this idea come from that, you know, you can't do something? I mean, that's a big question, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So for me, physically, there's two big things, but I'll also share a little bit about how this is kind of crossed over into my, to the other parts of my life. So physically, I'm not very strong, right? So I don't have a lot of upper body strength. So growing up, you know, middle school, high school, I'm this tall, skinny kid. I don't weigh a lot. I don't have a lot of strength. So that's probably another reason why sports wasn't as appealing to me um, because I'm faced with other kids who are a lot bigger than I am. So, so that, that's number one. Um, and number two is fear. So I have a, you know, I don't think it's weird because I, I probably a lot of people have, you know, a fear of heights, but I feel like I take it to the extreme. So I don't know if it's any kind of childhood trauma or what, but I don't want anything to do with heights. So you combine those two things. And, you know, if you think about a, an obstacle course race, a lot of the obstacles are overhead. So you need some decent yeah. strength, right? And yeah. you're crawling or climbing on top of something. So you're going to be at a certain height. And those are the two biggest fears that I had to overcome doing Spartan races or obstacle course races. I can't tell you that I'm, it's 100% behind me because it's not. I will still climb a rope and I still will be shaking on that rope. I'll still climb up that cargo net. I'm at the top and I'm looking down like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get off this right. thing? That's right. after still many races. I'm, do, I'm processing it a lot faster now. Because I know I've done it before, so I have more confidence, but I'm still very scared. So those are the two biggest things um, physically that in my mind, I'm like, I can't do that. I can't do that. Same thing, you know, with running longer distances. I only ran like 5Ks in the past. Um, but to do all the levels of, of Spartan, I've had to run 10K and I had to run a half marathon. Now I'm thinking about running my first marathon next year. but that's been a journey for me kind of accomplishing one thing and then believing and having coaching and, you know, having instilled that confidence that I can do, do the next thing. But all of this has really translated into my personal life, like starting a podcast, super right. scary, building a community, like just putting yourself out there. Um, and then other areas in my life, I'm like, I don't know how I would have done those things if I didn't, you know, kind of build the confidence I have that I've done through through running an obstacle course racing. Yeah, and a lot of it is just the the act of actually doing something. It's just going out there and you know putting it on the line, knowing that it's not going to be very good starting out with. I mean, my first my first episode was horrendous. <laughs> I mean, it was just. Uh, it, I mean, if you want to look back on my catalog and you want to find that very first episode that was recorded, I think it may of 2022 or something like that. I mean, it's 20 minutes long and it's me just blathering into a microphone. I think I was talking about feet health. In incidentally, we're talking about running. I think I was talking about the health of your feet. Um, and it's just me rambling and I, I just know it's awful and I never go back and listen to it. But... <laughs> Yeah, and it's just it's just the act of knowing that, you know, not everything is going to be perfect when you start out with and knowing that you it's probably going to be absolutely embarrassing later on after when you've done it long enough and you look back and you look back at some of the things you've done a year ago and you go, "Oh god." But it's just doing it. It's just taking action. 
you know, and I think that just the starting thing is probably just starting is probably the hardest thing for everybody. 100%. And I've tried to apply like what I've learned through my journey to to help others. And, you know, you're talking about your kids, like even with my kids, I'm always telling them you could do whatever it is that you want to do, right? You put your mind to it. Uh, I believe in you. And the funny thing is, I didn't believe that for myself for a really long time. Right. You know, and now I feel like I can help give them more confidence, just even going through what I've been going through. Right. And in my own way, like when I tell that to my son, it's like, I'm talking to him, but I'm also talking to myself. You know, I'm talking words that, you know, that I should have been saying to myself when I was younger. It's like, you know, just, just doing anything. And so what if it looks bad? You know, it's, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to look bad. You, you know, okay, you might look like a fool for a little bit, but no one's going to remember, you know. If you give it a day, everyone's going to just be like, eh, who cares? But, um. Yeah, I think I think that's a really big message right out there in general. It's like it's just about do something, do something, you know. Yep, one hundred percent. And hopefully, you know, I can't necessarily make someone do right. something, right? But hopefully, it's kind of that spark where the moment they need it, it's there. They're like, you know what? I need to make a change, and here's this other thing over here. Let now now's the time now's the time to actually do something and that's what i'm looking to do you know for others how long has your podcast been running yeah so about three years um nice yeah so just i'm rapidly approaching episode 100 uh which is pretty cool so i'm excited about that but you know like i said started as inspire virtual runs and i didn't know what i wanted to do with it i really just wanted to share stories right and, and help inspire others but as time went on i started to realize like hey you know, maybe the virtual part is probably, you know, people don't really understand it. Maybe there's something there that I need to change. But also, I want to figure out like what I could do to be more effective and help people. So I took a bunch of time off from the podcast. And then I came back and I rebranded it as Inspired to Run Podcast, which is which it is today. So that's why I'm only at 100 episodes or almost at 100 episodes after three years. But, you know, really excited about the progress, you know, made and you know, everything that we've been able to talk on the show and connections I've made and what I've learned personally. So, you know, I'm still learning. Even the last three years, I've learned a ton that I've applied in my own kind of running journey through these conversations. So that's been, you know, worthwhile as well. Just out of curiosity, what was the podcast called before it was Inspired to Run? Inspire Virtual Runs podcast. Oh, inspi right. Okay. Inspire Virtual Runs. So yeah. not a huge deviation from the past, but just a little tweak here and there. Yeah. The uh, COVID thing, I mean, everyone was going virtual in fitness, at least in fitness in the world, everyone was going virtual. So maybe that maybe that had like a, a marked timestamp on it anyway. You know, I, I, it was virtual when you needed it. But when the uh, lockdown was starting to lift, there was definitely I felt a need for people to come out from under the, the rock they've been under. 100%. And, you know, the way I thought about it before was virtual community. So I think that's not going to change, right? I think we're now connecting with people more nationally, globally, more so now than ever. Um, and then the mm -hmm. virtual races, as you mentioned. But, you know, the way I still kind of talk about it is there's still a place for virtual races. So if you're someone who doesn't want to be around, you know, in crowds, right, whether it's pandemic related or not you just don't want to be in crowds or you want more control over when you run and, and those races i think there's a place for it 
um, still having virtual races. And then the one thing I love about it is uh, I've heard a few stories about folks who are like, yeah, I want to run my first 5K, but I don't want to embarrass myself. Like, I don't want to be in front of all these people and run this 5K. I want to run it beforehand and see how I do. So the virtual race allows you to do that and still have that sense of accomplishment, you know, when you finish up your Couch to 5K program or whatever program you're following. So where to from here? So you got the podcast, Inspire to Run. Um, What's next? Yeah, so for me personally, my next thing is to run a marathon. So uh, again, one of those things I never thought I could do, Never one of those things I never wanted to do. But now I'm like, you know what? I want to do this. And not only do I want to run a marathon, I want to run the majors. So uh, my plan is to start with New York City Marathon next year. And I'm going to do it the fundraising way. So there's uh, a couple of organizations that I partner with, you know, to raise awareness um, for cancer. So I'm going to partner with hopefully one of them and join the team and, and run the race. So for me, like that's the next big thing um, for Spartan. I'm not running as many muddy races right now, but I'm doing more of their hybrid races, which I think complements, you know, what I'm doing from a running standpoint, a lot more than the muddy races. But, you know, never say never. Let's let's see how next year kind of plays out. And then for the podcast is really, you know, keep up the momentum that I have is really sharing more stories. Uh, We've expanded, you know, not only runner stories, but we brought on brands to talk about, you know, the gear and nutrition and things that could help you make your your uh, journey a little bit more enjoyable and and productive and effective. And yeah, and, and other fitness experts to share, you know, talk about different topics. So really just looking to share as many stories and information to help as many people, you know, either start or continue on their journey. So Richard, um, we have a closing tradition on the podcast where the guest gives the listeners um, a, some parting words to leave with because we talk about a lot and uh, it just kind of helps to kind of maybe condense things into maybe one or one or maybe two things that if you would prefer they remember, if nothing else, what would it be? Yeah, I would just say that I've seen how running and health and fitness has really transformed the lives of so many people. And I want that for you. So if you're looking to make a change in your life and you're thinking you're, you can't, I could tell you that you can. Um, it really just begins with starting, believing that you can, and then having the right plan um, to follow through to reach your goals. But there's so many benefits, even beyond physical, that's going to just transfer to other parts of, of your life. But I, again, if you're looking to make a change in your life, I want that for you. And I believe you can do it. Richard Connor, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sean. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure as well. And uh, all you listening, of course, you know what to expect. All the information for Richard will be in the show notes. Look for those there. The information for me is uh, is there, as it always is. You can contact me. Uh, many points of contact. Just hit one or the other. And um, this is, again, the Fitness Reborn Podcast. Thanks again for listening. And forever, I'm out of here. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments, cancel anytime. Every little bit helps, and I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard.
Peace.